Hey, it's Brian, and this episode is hitting your podcast feeds just a few days after Thanksgiving. I hope you were able to make the most of the holiday, safely of course, and that your Christmas season is off to a great start. You know, what we normally think of as the Christmas season, the day after Thanksgiving up to and including Christmas Day, can vary quite a bit in length. It really depends on what date Thanksgiving falls on. Well, this year it was on the 26th, so that means we get just 29 days this year. That's relatively short compared to other years. All of which is to say, make sure you get your shopping done early, and make every day count. By the time this episode reaches you, my baby boy Dashiell will be just about three and a half weeks old. I'm making every day count with him. Even though he doesn't even know what Christmas is yet, I've already read him plenty of Christmas stories and spent many hours snuggled up by the Christmas tree. Speaking of making every day count, just a few days ago I caught up with a very special member of the Christmas Past family, and you're about to sit in on the fun. I don't want to set it up too much because it's all pretty self-explanatory. So before we jump into things, let me just remind you that there's still time to share a Christmas memory to appear in an episode this season. Just record a voice memo into your phone and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Just keep it reasonably short, clean, and family-friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Well, I'll come back at the end to wrap up and say goodbye, but for now, enjoy. Hello and welcome. It's yours truly, Brian Earle here, coming to you from the all-new Christmas Past headquarters here in wonderful Willow Glen, California, and I'm joined by Rachel in New York. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? Hi, Brian. I'm great. How are you? Doing wonderful. Now, before we get into things, I want to remind everybody listening on the audio stream, if you'd like to see this in video form, you can check it out on YouTube and Facebook. And the reverse is also true. If you're watching this on YouTube and you want to hear just the audio, check out the main Christmas Past podcast feed. So now the question is, what is the this that we're talking about? Well, something we've never done before, but I'm really excited to make it happen today. And Rachel's here to help make that happen. If you've been a long-time listener to the show, sometimes you'll notice I do Christmas trivia. I'll have some guests on. We'll play a game of two truths and a lie. A couple years ago, I used to do that a little bit on my YouTube channel. I'd invite people on and quiz them. No one has ever quizzed yours truly until today. Rachel is here to put my Christmas spirit to the test with a game of Christmas trivia, which has a very special name. Rachel, what is the name of this game of Christmas trivia? This is Shepherdy. Get the it? shepherds who watched their flocks by night. So <laughs> shepherdy, as in jeopardy, and I guess that has a little extra meaning uh, because just two weeks ago we lost the beloved Alex Trebek, and so we'll be carrying on the uh, the spirit of of him, of him and the spirit of Christmas in this game of Christmas trivia. Now I have no idea what's about to happen. These questions might be really easy. They might be really hard. I might make a total fool of myself and expose myself as a fraud who doesn't know quite as much <laughs> about Christmas as he thinks, or I might ace it. We'll never know until we try, which will start now. So. Rich, I'm going to turn it over to you. You are presiding over the game. Take it away. All right. Well, listeners, this is Shepherdy. I've been putting this together for my family since 2014. And uh, I'm a little self-conscious because I feel like these aren't quite Brian Earl level questions, but I hope there's a couple in there that might stump him. Um, they range from 100 points to 500 points, 100 being the simplest and 500 being the most difficult. And, um, yeah, we do it every Christmas. I used to do it for my family and I ended up having to do it for all of my Christmas get togethers, even my buddies. So, uh, 
we can get started. I do want to warn my friends, my Christmas past family, that I have not researched the answers to these. They're strictly Google questions. <laughs> so if any of them end up being false, feel free to uh, post it on our closed Facebook group and uh, I'll fix them up before I share them with my family. Yeah, and thank you for mentioning the Private Christmas Past Facebook group. Every opportunity I get to mention, if you haven't yet joined, now is as great a day as any. We celebrate all year long, and the private group just means that we can reduce spam and things like that. Don't think because it's a private group that anything's for sale or that we're trying to get you into anything other than just a nice small family gathering of Christmas uh, lovers. So with that, hit me with my first question. All right, well, it's up to you. Where would you like to start, Brian? Okay, so could you tell me the categories and our listeners too? They're all Christmas, okay. but they range from simplest from 100 to most difficult 500. All so right. So where do I you think... want to jump into the deep end or do you want to climb in to the shallow end but we're using the ladder? Yeah, I think we're going to wade <laughs> on in. So why don't we just go for the top left, right? So this is the easiest okay. one for the lowest value. So that's the red one at 100. All right, 100. Which Christmas song containing the lyric Everyone's dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way. That would be everyone's dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way, rocking around the Christmas tree. Correct. Would you like to just work your way into the more difficult questions, or no, you know, do you wanna... you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a masochist now and go for the the hardest question on the board. Oh boy! Well, here we go. I don't know if it's the hardest, but it's in the hardest column. Oh, you'll know this when I heard it on your show the other day. What non-smoking association sponsors Christmas seals? Oh, that was the uh, the lung or the American Lung Association, something the like American that. American Lung Association. Yeah. Nice job. How about why don't we just go right smack dab in the middle? So the green card for three hundred. Three hundred. According to legend, London sweet shop owner Tom Smith was poking a fire when he got the inspiration to invent which old English traditional noisy Christmas item? That would be the Christmas cracker. Yeah. And legend has it that he was inspired by bonbons on a trip to France. And uh, so the first first of these Christmas crackers were nothing like what we know today. They were really just sweets with little things inside them. And then I believe it was his sons who added the the pull apart, the little um, gunpowder thing that makes the cracking sound. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go for one of the, in the 200. 200. Let's hope my thing doesn't fall down here. <laughs> <laughs> in 1947, this organization started making the holidays a little happier for children by organizing its first Christmas toy drive for needy youngsters. Um, gonna say Toys for Tots. It's Toys for Tots. My goodness. I wonder if you'll sweep my board, Brian. Or if I get one, I'm wondering now if I get one wrong, what it would be. But I guess I guess there's only one way to find out. Well, so, I know that you're more of a reader than a movie watcher. So maybe when we hit one of the movie questions. Yeah, I'm going to do horrible if there are movie questions. <laughs> I know. So I'm doing one episode. You guys will have to uh, subscribe for the season. I'm doing one movie episode uh, this season, which I usually do every season. There's one. I'll cover one right. movie. Um but yeah, there is just, there's no movie center in my brain. I, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't really like movies. Um, but I, I realize that puts me at a disadvantage come Christmas time because there are so many Christmas movies. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, let's see. We haven't tried a 400 yet, so let's do that. Let's give it a shot. All right, 400. In what movie, Brian, did the song White Christmas first premiere? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm, was it not White Christmas? It wasn't White Christmas. Um, all right, I don't know if you have any hints prepared, but... It's uh, a lodging chain. Oh, Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn, um, if you have not yet seen Holiday Inn, I've seen it a couple times. It's um, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, right? Um, it's got some good numbers in it, but nowadays it's got, it's got a blackface routine. I don't know. Yeah, if it's, it's, you'll run into that with older stuff. Yeah, you get a lot. That's um, uh, just a quick aside. One of the things I've been doing throughout the year outside of the normal Christmas season is reading um, uh, classic Christmas stories, like old public domain Christmas fiction. Yeah. And you run into the same thing a lot. There is a lot of stuff in there oh, that you're like, yeah. oh my goodness, I can't believe they printed that. Um, right. But it was just, it was a different time, but it's just not appropriate for today's audience. And I kind of oh, feel like Holiday no. Inn is in the same boat. Um, right. Might've been a good movie at the time, but I, I don't think it's appropriate today. Right. All right. What would Let's you like see. to do? Okay. So why don't we go for the, the right one in the middle, um, 300. And just to remind everyone who's listening just to the audio, I'm looking at a board here. And so if you want to see this on YouTube, go ahead and check it out. Uh, we have all these colored cards here. So I'm getting a 300 card, which are the green ones right from the middle of the board. All right. All right. Why is O Come All Ye Faithful a Christmas carol, but Deck the Halls is not? Ah, because a carol is, uh, must be a, uh, a religious song. Correct. And and I believe carol and choir have the same root word. I think it's, oh. it's something like that. Um, I'm not a Latin speaker. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> but that is the, right, like a Christmas You're carol correct. must be a religious. carol has to have, yep, a religious base. All right. Okay. So let's see. Um, and because I keep getting distracted, I'm just going to ask you to just randomly give me questions. All right. How about 400? Let's do it. Here we go. What is the largest ever Christmas gift given in America? Largest, like size and volume? Mm -hmm. Is it the, um, the, the, is it a Christmas tree of some kind? No. It, let's put it this way. It was given to America. Wasn't the Statue of Liberty, was it? Yes, it was. It was. Really? was a... Given from France on Christmas Day in 1886. Well, well. Well, I knew that, um, Fran I, I mean, I knew that France gave us the Statue of Liberty, but I had no idea that it was a Christmas gift. It was a Christmas gift. Well, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. How about 100? We'll Let's take do it. Here we go. Miracle on 34th Street centers on what real life department store? Macy's. Correct. Yeah, we did an episode about that. Um, was it last year or the year before? And it was actually, a lot of it was filmed actually at Macy's, which is surprising. That, that's not really how they did movies back in the, those days. Um, right. But a lot of it was on location. Very cool. How about 200? Let's do it. What percentage, this is multiple choice. Okay. What percentage of Americans celebrate Christmas? 86%, 92%, or 79%? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't think it's going to be 79%. I think it's high. It's like in the 80s or the 90s. Um, I'm going to go for the, the 90-something percent one. Yeah, 92%. Uh, 92%. Doing very well. All right. 
Let's go for a 500 that will leave us with three questions in each category. All right. All right. In 1848, this royal encouraged England to board the Christmas tree bandwagon by setting up a tree at Windsor Castle. Um, the royal, it must have been Prince Albert. It was Queen Victoria. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so um, I guess I get that half wrong. I'm going to defend my answer because he was the one who brought the Christmas tree over from his native Germany. But I guess oh. Queen Victoria is the one who popularized it when it appeared in a women's magazine and sort of became like a, a trend. Um, that's one of the things I love talking about on the show is how so many of the the traditions that we celebrate, you know, they, it seems like they could have been around forever, but they're really, really new. Like the Christmas tree was not something that you would find in the average American home until around 1870. Right. Uh, and that was largely because of the British influence. Cool. Yeah. All right. How about 100? 100. Okay. So for keeping score, I, I have one wrong now, right? I think you had two wrong. What was the other one I got wrong? Oh, let me look. Okay. Um, so you got 92%, you got Macy's. Oh, now nah, we'll count it one because you ended up getting the Statue of Liberty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. What are the three traditional colors of Christmas? Uh, let's see, uh, red and green mm -hmm. and gold. Is gold the third one? That's correct. Right on. The colors red, green, and gold are considered the three traditional colors of Christmas since they are used in most Christmas decorations around the world. The red stands for the blood of Jesus. The green stands for life as well as rebirth. And last but not least, the gold symbolizes wealth and light. Well, well. All right, how about 200? Let's do it. The Velcro's not too noisy, is it? Oh, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, here we go. These Christmas candies were first made in 1670 by a German choir master to help children endure lengthy nativity services. That would be the candy cane. Candy canes, shaped like a shepherd's crook. Now, also, for those of you listening, uh, depending on when this episode comes out, the next thing you'll hear on Christmas Past, or the previous thing, will be a whole episode on the history of candy canes, um, and in, in which we will put that, what you just described, into some kind of question uh, that may or may not, even though that is a very common um, uh, story about how those came to be, there's just not a lot of historical record for it. Right. Uh, it, it may or may not be true. Um, it it's probably is. 1600s isn't. is a long time ago. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's do 300. All right. All right. A natural Christmas tree is a good source of what vitamin? Ooh. <laughs> I want to say C for Christmas. Um, it's C. Is it really? <laughs> it's C. And actually, a lot of people bring their Christmas trees in the month of January to zoos so that the animals can eat them. I had no idea. You know, yep. last year, like, you know, around January, February, there's all these stories in the news about what's happening with Christmas trees, you know, that people are throwing out. And I saw something like that. A lot of them were being used, uh, sent to zoos. They're really good for landfill. You know, people just put them in oh, landfills yeah. and something else too. There is all kinds of interesting uses for discarded Christmas trees. Um, this year, we just, we got a fake one. I didn't want to go to a Christmas tree lot with COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So 
We just got a, a fake one that has fake snow on it from, from Target. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, we're country folk out here in the sticks of New York, and we're going the Sunday after Thanksgiving and cutting it down ourselves. What kind of tree do you normally get? Oh, geez. Blue spruce is always nice. Mm. It holds the needles well. But it's very prickery, and I've got little kids, but... It always smells really good. Yeah, the blue spruce is my absolute favorite. I kind of feel like uh, just the color is great, the smell is great, and the branches, uh, as opposed to something like a fir, a Fraser fir, or a Douglas oh, fir, yeah. where the, the branches are a little more like floppy. Uh, yeah, blue spruce nice is a good, sturdy tree. The, the heavier ornaments, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have a new kitty cat this year, though, so I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, um, it's sort of related. We The first year we had our dog um, and who, who passed away in February, but we had a good long life, we had many good Christmases with her. Uh, the first time we decorated the tree, we went out of the house, came home, and the bottom third, all of the ornaments had been eaten. So for oh, a long no. time, we had to only decorate the upper two thirds of the tree so that the dog couldn't uh, chew the ornaments on them. Right, right. Yeah. All right. How about 400? All right. There we go. What Christmas classic did President Franklin Roosevelt insist on performing every Christmas Eve, sitting by the fire and exuberantly acting out all the parts? Um, let's see. I'm going to guess it was either um, A Visit from St. Nicholas or A Christmas Carol. But if he's going to read, a, that would be one long sitting. Um, I, I really wish that were true, but I kind of can't believe that it would be. So I'm going to say... A visit from St. Nicholas. It was a Christmas carol. Was it really? I really hope he started at like 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah, because that would be, I mean, a Christmas carol, I, I think most people experience it mostly through books or plays or like an audio production. Uh, if you've right. ever read it, it, it's not long. It's like 50,000 words long, right? It's like um, not even quite a novella. So I guess in theory, you could read the whole thing in one sitting, but that sounds like a lot for a president to do. Right. Yeah. Well, well he must have liked it. All right, 500. Here we go. All right. See, it's going to collapse on top of me. There we go. Okay. Traditionally, the days between December 25th and January 5th are referred to as what? The 12 days of Christmas. Bingo. That's uh, one thing I haven't yet covered on the show. A, a little bit. I did a, one about the song, The 12 Days of Christmas. But, uh, and I only really sort of touched on like, well, why are there 12 days of Christmas? What, this, what does that even refer to? Um, I really need to do a full episode on that because it's super interesting. And it's one of those things that's like, one of those Christmas things, almost like, you know, uh, sugar plums where, you know, we talk about it every year, but no one really quite knows what it is. Right. So, so the, the shorthand version is, you know, what we now refer to as the Christmas season, meaning the, the time leading up to Christmas is of course actually known as the Advent season, right? And that was typically not the time to celebrate. That was a time for fasting and prayer and restraint. And then it was between Christmas and New Year where you'd have all the, the celebrations, a Christmas day being just one of many celebrations leading up to January 6th, uh, the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, so a lot of really fascinating stuff there. And like, you still see some of it in England, um, but, but just not here anymore. All right, how about 100? Let's do that. In the 1964 classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, what was the name of Rudolph's faithful elf companion? Elf companion, that was Hermie, the, um, the dentist. The dentist, you are correct. Um, how about 100 or 200? Okay. 
what Christmas carol does the Peanuts gang sing at the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas? Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I've seen that a zillion times, but right. why can't I? Oh, it's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's right. I always remember the and I actually have that whole uh, special as a vinyl record. I received oh. that for a birthday present, like back in 1970 something. I've had it ever since. It even had a book inside that had the whole thing. The book pages have torn out. So all I'm left with is the record. And I don't know what it is. Like I'm more of like an audio person. I always prefer yeah. things like that. So I listen to that every year, but I hardly ever watch the special anymore. Um, it's the same with It's a Wonderful Life, which gotta be honest, like it's not my favorite Christmas movie. Like I, but the, um, the year that it came out, the Lux Radio Hour, so this is back in the golden age of radio, did a version of it that, in, that featured the original cast. It has Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed and all that. Oh. And for my money, that is the better version of that story than the movie. So for anyone who's interested, just you know, Google it. It's, it's out there. You can find it on like archive.org or some of those old-time radio podcasts and see if you agree with me. I, I really think it is the the superior version of that story. Oh, I'll have to look for it. I love It's a Wonderful Life because I live very close to Seneca Falls, New York, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it was filmed. Mm -hmm. And um, I watch it every year as I wrap presents and I cry every time. Yeah. <laughs> every time the little boy saves the the old um, pharmacy guy from, from accidentally poisoning someone. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. breaks my heart. Oh. All right. I'm going to give you 300. All right. What author wrote that it was always winter, but never Christmas in the Chronicles of Narnia? Oh, okay. That would be C.S. Lewis. Yes. I kind of gave it away with the Chronicles of Narnia, but. And if you hadn't, I would have gotten that wrong. Cause have you ever, <laughs> I've never read those. Have you? No, I haven't. Uh. Okay. 400. Okay. Here we go. Oh, this is tricky. I did not know how to pose this question, but okay. let's see how it goes. Are Santa's reindeer male or female? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, I'm guessing there's like some trick in because like a, if it's a reindeer by default, it's male. Is it something like that? Um, because it would be like a doe or I don't know. Um, what am I thinking here? Very tricky. Would you like me to tell you? I think you're going to have to. Okay. They are actually all female. Generally speaking, only female reindeer are antlered in the winter. Male reindeer lose their antlers in the winter or spring, but females shed theirs in the summer. Oh, well, we'll have to ask this guy here what yeah. he thinks about that. What do you think, guy? I have, to, I have to name him. What do you think is a good name for him? Oh, goodness. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Dasher. Dasher. Yeah, so we have a, there's another Dash uh, right upstairs for me. My two-week-old baby, Dashiell Charles, uh, was oh. born exactly two weeks ago, uh, at two in the morning on, on Saturday, November 7th. Uh, and so we go, he goes by Dash, and he has a book, uh, that book, Dasher. Um, yeah, yeah we, I'd never heard of it before. My wife picked it up at Target, and I started trying to read it to him, but he's, you know, like two weeks old and very squirmy, so he doesn't really know what's going on. But I'll look forward to reading that to him in future Christmases. Oh, happy birthday, Dashiell. Happy birthday, Dashiell Charles. <laughs> now, what is his star sign? Is he a, he's not a Capricorn. No, he's a. I'm no good at that. I, I know I'm a Gemini, but I don't really pay attention to that stuff. No, no, so no. no. He's a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio, right? The beginning of November. Okay. So what is that? Does, do you know what that means? 
Um, he's going to have a lot of sass. So hold on to your socks. Well, he's off to the races on that so far. <laughs> I can. <t> <laughs> All right. How about five hundred? All right. So for those listening right. to just the audio, we're we're winding down. I think we have like what four or five more questions left. Five left after this. Five left after this, and so far I've gotten two or three wrong. So I'm pleased with my results You're so doing far. Very well. Okay. Very well. All right. This DC airport was taken over by Christmas on Christmas Eve by terrorists in the film Die Hard. Let's see. the The airport in DC is a uh, JFK, right? Or is it Ronald Reagan? It's one of those two. No. It's, it's neither not. of those. No. Okay, well, then I have no idea. Dulles International? Okay. I don't know. I've actually never seen Die Hard, so like I said, I haven't vetted any of these questions. Neither have I. I've never seen it. I don't want to see it, and I'm so tired. I'm so tired of that like faux debate. Like, is it a Christmas movie? Is it like, I, I just, oh, I I'm know. so tired of it. I don't care. Like, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? I don't know. Or just these these like weird debate. Like if you watch it at Christmas, if it feels Christmassy to you, I guess it's right. a Christmas movie. Um, but like honestly, like I just uh, I don't know. There's nowadays, you know, when the, like around this time of year, there's all the Christmassy stuff on social media. But it all tends to be the same, you know, like that that meme of of Will Ferrell as Elf running through the the revolving doors over and over. It's all the like, yeah. and is Christmas is um is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't know. I I try not to pay attention to it because it's just I don't care about it. Yeah. Well, shout out to my Tis the Podcast friends because uh, I listen to oh. a lot of a lot of their stuff, and I don't know what they think, but I'm yeah, a, I know I'm um, uh, Tim from Can't Wait for Christmas. He mm -hmm. uh, he might have done an episode on it, and he did a, a little audio drama called A Bomb for Christmas. Uh, so if anyone hasn't oh. checked that out, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, so let's see. While we're taking a break here, let's give some shouts out to some new Christmas podcasts. There's lots and lots. So this year seems to be the year of Christmas podcasts. Uh, when I started out back in uh, 2016, I think there was like a small handful, a dozen maybe or so. And then it really started ramping up. And this year, there were so many. Uh, and I found that when I went to any of like the search platforms like um, uh, iTunes or Spotify and typed in Christmas, you only get a small handful of, of things. And they'd always be mixed in with some random episode of like my dad wrote a porno because they must have had a Christmas episode. <laughs> and so I said, you know, it's really hard to find Christmas podcasts and, and it shouldn't be. So right. I created the definitive directory of Christmas podcasts. If you Google that or I'll maybe put a link down below or something like that. It's 170 Christmas podcasts in 12 different categories. Uh, for my money, I haven't yet found a better, uh, more complete and better organized list. So check it out, guys, if you haven't read. There's a lot of great Christmas listening out there for the rest of this Christmas season and well beyond. Uh, so a little plug for that. But now, do you have anything to plug, by the way, Rachel? No, I'm just a regular old speech therapist. I'm plugging my family board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to polish off this board? Brian? Let's do it. All right. Let's do 100. All right. What holiday movie sequel includes a cameo by Donald Trump? Oh, Home Alone. Home Alone 2. All right. And I just heard there was a story about that in the news about how apparently he kind of like bullied his way into that. Like, you know, no one wanted him to be, he kind of made it happen somehow. But I look forward to a day when I don't really have to hear every little thing about that guy. Exactly. <laughs> All right, 200. 
to Christians, this plant's berries symbolize Christ's blood, and its thorny leaves suggest the thorns in his crown. That is holly. That's holly. Nice job. And way back in the day, Christmas used to be a lot more violent than it is now. Um, (laughs) And so there was a tradition, and for all I know, it's still practiced somewhere in the world, called holly thrashing. And this is where uh-huh. you would take holly and, and like beat someone with it until it drew blood. And some <gasps> oh, of the no. reasons you would do that would be if like the last person to wake up on Christmas morning would get a holly thrashing. Oh, uh, sometimes no. it was, you know, kind of a way for like, you know, boys to show that they liked a girl, you know, how younger <gasps> boys don't quite know how to express those things yet. So, uh, you know. So let's beat each other with yeah, this let's beat each other with holly. That um, makes sense. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been a way to punish bad children. But anyway, like, look oh, at holly no. thrashing. It is a real thing, and I'm glad we don't do it anymore. Yeah, it sounds really crampusy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 300. All right. In what direction does the star lead the three wise men? Um, oh, my goodness. Why am I drawing a blank here? Okay, let's see. Oh, westward. Yes! Oh, I'm so happy you got it. Everybody I ask says north. And I'm like, it's not the North Star. The only reason I know that is from the song, right? Westward leading, still proceeding. Yep, yep. Thanks, Three Kings Song, for helping me get that question right. Yeah, 400. In what 1944 Judy Garland movie was Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas introduced? Meet Me in St. Louis. Correct. I have never seen. Uh, my mom. I. My mom got me a copy of it on VHS, just to tell you how old, how long ago this happened. Uh, and I've, I still, I never watched it. Oh, do you even have a VCR? No, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where I would find a VCR. But you know what? We recently <laughs> moved to this new place. So, you know, people who've listened to the show for a long time would hear me say that I come from sunny San Mateo, California. Now mm-hmm. we're in wonderful Willow Glen, California. Um, and when you move, you know, you take all, you, you realize like, why do we have this thing? I've had this thing for like forever. Like, why did we keep it? Right. Moving is a really good way to like figure out what's important to you or not. Um, so as we're moving, we have this box with a bunch of VHS tapes in it and we don't know what's in them and we don't have a VH, we don't have a VCR to play them. I'm assuming it's like, like some wedding videos and just like some other random stuff, but. I, oh, you gotta get your hands on a VCR. Well, I think what we need to do is send them to a place to be digitized. Yeah, but you don't want to waste the money if there's nothing good on there. Yeah, that's true. I know also we found a bunch of old film rolls. Um, oh, that's fun. And yeah, I have no idea what's on them. It, it could be like nothing, could be something. Uh, I guess we'll see. That's exciting. All right, Brian Earl. This there's is it. One question left. The last one. Are this you ready? The money. Let's go. <laughs> Here we go. What is the name? Oh, okay. This is very tricky. And it's a movie question, so I apologize in advance. All right. What is the name of Ralphie's father in A Christmas Story? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm not going to get that. Do they even say his name? Oh, my gosh, Brian. No, they don't say his name. He was never named. Instead, he's only ever referred to as the old man. The old... Okay, do I get, I get, I feel like I get partial credit for that. Oh, sure. No, you get full credit. You said, was he ever even named? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a tricky trick one. And um, yeah, I did an episode about that where I talked to the guy who played Schwartz. Um, that was back yeah. in like, 2017. And yeah, there's some like some interesting stuff about that. I didn't realize that that movie is based on a bunch of essays that appeared in Playboy magazine back in the 
really? I thought it was a book. I think it was a book that began its life as a series of articles. Like, you know, books do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And that movie, you know, I, I always say this, like it wasn't a big hit when it came out. It was only no, after no. it started doing the, they started doing those marathons on TNT that it became like right. really, really popular. Like right. when it came out in, I think it was 84, uh, it was out of the theaters by the time the Christmas rolled around. It was like, it was a mediocre success. You know, it was like, yeah. it was fine, but no big deal. But it became a cultural icon because Ted Turner bought it and just like wouldn't, yeah. you know, 24 hour movie marathons. Well, and I, I love it. Ever since I was little, we watched it every Christmas Eve over and over and over again. My brother and I, it was made the, the year I was born. I was born in 83 and I just I feel love like it. I love it. I like it that. a lot when yeah. I was younger and I feel yeah. like now it's just so saturated. I feel like just because social media, yeah. uh, like you kind of can't get away from it. And like everyone has their, you know, replica of the leg lamp and right, the shooting right. Like I, I feel like at this point, I'm like, I'm ready for something new, you know, like, yeah. okay, we'll consider that a Christmas classic, but like, you know, what else do you have? Yeah, it's hard to capture that lightning in a bottle though. I oh mean, yeah, for sure. Kind of knocked it out of the park, even though it didn't hit initially. It hit hard now. Well, that's actually a really common thing. Um, like Christmas in Connecticut wasn't really a big hit until later. Uh, what was the other one? Another really famous, it might have been It's a Wonderful Life. Well, it was not a huge box office right. hit. Um, right. It was only later that they actually became uh, popular. Have you seen any Christmas movies this season so far? <sighs> Nothing new. I mean, I usually watch all the old stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. Yeah. And um, they've actually really gotten into the Garfield Christmas special that I watched I when I I love that one. And my husband and I were watching it. And he's like, this is really dark. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> like the grandfather who had passed away and the grandmother is, you know, reminiscing on, you know, Christmas when they were raising their children. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these little kids are watching this. But it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, that is one of my favorites. And it's not, it's, um, you know, like a lot of the other classics, are they tend to be aired in prime time every year. Right, uh, all the right. ones from the 60s, but that one isn't. I don't really know how you can see it nowadays unless you have it on DVD. Oh, I'm sure no, it's, online it's, on, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube? Okay. YouTube has the Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, and Christmas special for Garfield. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, so far this year, I've watched Jingle Jangle, which I, I can recommend. It's cute. I started that. I started it's, that the other morning. Honestly, not especially Christmassy. Like yeah, it's not really terribly Christmassy. It's fun, but yeah, I mean it's vaguely Christmassy. It takes place in in winter. There's a lot right. of nice, you know, like I could totally see that as a, a Broadway play. I mean, it's a musical. There's all kinds of right. dance numbers, really colorful costumes. Uh, it's kind of like steampunky. So right. it was, it it was fine. You know, I was just watching yeah. it um, last weekend. Uh, not my favorite thing ever, but it was. I don't know. I'd watch it. I think I'm looking forward to the Dolly Parton one that comes out this weekend. Me too. I'm a yeah. big fan of the Coat of Many Colors. That's a big tearjerker for me as well. The do Have you seen that one before? The Dolly Only Parton? parts of it. I like it a lot. Well, the reason that I love Dolly Parton, so, and I never, I, I have to say, I'm not really a, like a fan of her music or country music in general, but I'm just a fan of her. She seems like one of those people who's just done so much with her life and just like yeah. really made the most yeah. of her talents and all that. And um, but I think it was back in 2014 mm -hmm. when I moved out to California, my wife and I did a cross country road trip. And as you're driving through the Smokies, uh, you see like every mile is a billboard for Dollywood. And we said, okay, why don't we just try like just, just for fun. You kind of have to go. Yeah. And yeah. So, you have to. 
And it was just a couple of days after Christmas and they were still doing this play where they have this like sort of 45 minute version of a Christmas carol where Dolly plays the ghost of Christmas past. She appears as a hologram on stage. Oh, how cool. And it was really cool. And we had no expectations. We're like, okay, I don't know. This is what it is. We might like it. We might not. Uh, but we loved it. And then you go to this little Dolly uh, part in the museum that's part of the thing. And you're just like, I, you, you cannot come out of that place without just amazing respect for her. It's just someone oh, yeah, who's just like really, really made whole life. I think I associate Dolly primarily with Christmas because when I was little, my mother sold Avon and oh, yeah. Avon came out with a vinyl record of a bunch of different artists doing Christmas songs. Like it had the John Denver yeah. Muppets on there. It had Police Navidad. And like the first song on there was Dolly. I think it was Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Yeah, I and actually I, have two copies of that vinyl record. I, <laughs> there might even be one over there, but I'm not going to go look. Uh, it's got Kenny Rogers on it. Oh, I, yeah. I think it also has Kenny G, if I'm not mistaken. There might be a Kenny Maybe. G song I on that album. I remember. I was so little. But I, I remember playing it over and over again. And I mean, I was just a kid. So, of course, I was, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it was all scratched up. But. That was my dolly. Is that that's my Christmas dolly? Okay, so let's wrap this up with the final score. Out of how many questions did we start? Was it twenty? Yes, five times five, twenty-five. Oh, twenty-five. Twenty-five. Of which and, I got. Uh, I think you only missed like two. You two did. or three. Got a couple partial credit. I'm going to give myself an A minus on this. How does that sound about right to you? Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I'm going to give you a solid A. Solid Just A. My much goodness. better than my family and friends. Well. And I would like to present to you the big winner, a pound of my very fav- favorite white Christmas coffee from oh a very popular grocery store chain in the Northeast. My goodness. <laughs> what uh, I didn't, I couldn't see what that was. Was that, um. Am what? I allowed to share the grocery store chain? Sure. It's Wegmans. Wegmans. I love Wegmans coffee. I love it. Oh, lovely. Well, and you are going to need this. I, 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 <laughs> you don't know the half of it. Um, well, my goodness. Thank you so much. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, um, thank you. I'd like to thank Rachel in New York. And I'd also like to thank you at home for listening or watching, whatever the case may be, for this kind of special episode of Christmas Past. I know that between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I usually do just the backstories to your favorite Christmas traditions, but I really wanted to make room for this special treat during the Christmas season. There might be a couple more like this throughout the season. So, of course, make sure you subscribe. Rachel, thank you so much for putting my Christmas spirit to the test and keeping me on my toes. Uh, any questions right. I got wrong, I'm just going to blame on the lack of sleep for having a two-week-old baby in the house. Exactly. But I'm not going to let any of that get in the way of my Christmas spirit. And I hope that you all have a wonderful Christmas season and a very happy rest of your Christmas season as we go forward. So, Rachel, thank you again. This was a heck of a lot of fun. And we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I sure hope you enjoyed that. Did you play along? How did you do? I want to give a big, big thanks to Rachel for putting that game together, for inviting me to play, for letting me share it and her Christmas spirit with you, and for the coffee. As a new dad, coffee is like my fifth food group. And Rachel also sent a lovely gift bag from her family's business. A really wonderful surprise. Thank you, Rachel. Well, I'll be back in just a couple of days with another backstory to one of your favorite Christmas traditions. Until then, let me remind you as always that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California by yours truly, Brian Earl. 
You can drop me a line anytime at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com or connect on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't yet joined the private Christmas Past Facebook group, now's as good a day as any so you don't miss out on any of the fun all season long. And if you're feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover this show? Telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts are quick and easy ways to show your support. They don't cost anything and they really do make a big difference. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll even send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card is my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details on that. Until we meet again, stay safe and healthy, look out for one another, and may your days be merry and bright.